0: That's IXL.com slash BE. If you work in a school, you've probably got some kids that have experienced some sort of trauma. As someone who's not a therapist or a counselor or a social worker, this has been a really hard challenge for me. I've attended a lot of trainings from amazing social workers, but I always left feeling like, there just need to be something special for educators. So I created a course on how to learn how to deal with trauma in your school and you can get it right now at jethrojones.com slash trauma. You can even check out the first lesson of 10 for free. That's jethrojones.com slash trauma. Go there and check it out. This is a 10 week course. For only 10 minutes each week. It's intended to give you a little bit of information and then let you go and do your work of being an educator. I hope you enjoy it. It's at jethrojones.com slash trauma.
1: Welcome to Transformative Principle. I thought today that I would share a keynote that I did at the Alaska Society for a technology and education conference in February of this year. One of the things that I love about what you're about to hear is how powerful things can be when we put things in kids' hands and let them run with it. So I hope you enjoy this, and thank you so much for listening. And uh, you'll hear some of the things that we're doing at my school that have just been remarkable and life-changing for some of the kids that we are working with. So uh, without further ado, I hope you enjoy this and thank you so much for listening to Transformative Principle. this time forward, you will service us. You will be assimilating. Resistance is futile. We are born. Lower your shield and surrender your ships. We will add your biological and technological distinctiveness to our own. Your culture will adapt and service us.
0: guys ever felt like that? <laughs> like we're trying to assimilate kids into some big complex thing with the tests, the focus on curriculum, us having all the knowledge and imparting it only to those that we feel deserve to have it. I sometimes feel like that. There we go. And this is kind of funny but it's also a little bit true that that's kind of what we're asked to do which is to teach kids and educate them on how they should be adults and we are actively trying to inculturate students um, that can be used for good or that can be used for evil and I hope everybody here is using it for good and not for evil. Uh, My name is Jethro Jones and my topic today is the focus of 21st century education has nothing to do with technology. And it seems like we get asked this question a lot, which is, what do you remember from your schooling? And the vast majority of us remember things like the teachers we have that cared about us, that made us feel special, things like that. Very few of us remember the content or the curriculum or what we were focusing on in class that particular day. What we remember are the relationships, as Tiffany mentioned on Saturday, the experiences that we have. And there are still people today who are benefiting from being homecoming queen in high school. And so we need to ask ourselves, what is school for? And if you haven't watched this video by Prince EA, then you definitely should. And this is a question that I have been asking for a very long time. When I was a child, I went to five different elementary schools and three different high schools, and I didn't like school very much because I thought it was largely a waste of time. I thought school was about one thing, and nobody told me school was about something else. Mom, remember when you would ask me, what did you learn in school today? And I would say, nothing much. I wasn't being modest. The truth about it, mom, is I had already forgotten. And it's not just me. Millions of students sing the same song. How many of you guys avoid eye contact with the teacher to try not to get caught upon? Afraid to raise your hand for fear of being wrong, which proves that school isn't an environment for learning or building up the intellect. It's just a game you play for grades and how many A's you can collect. I didn't know that I didn't know I was just supposed to chase the grade and so I did a lot of things to get in a lot of trouble I got kicked out of all the honors and the AP classes for being a class clown and I thought I was just trying to learn how to be the kind of person I wanted to be that wasn't what my teacher wanted me to be doing so what is school for we can have access to information anywhere so It can't be about gathering information. Uh, Seth Godin even says that there's no need to memorize anything anymore and while I wouldn't go quite to that extreme I think there's a lot of truth to that. We can look things up on our phones much faster than we can recall a lot of different information. Um, Our kids already have plenty of technology so it's not about that. Somebody made this comment in a in one of the sessions the other day and I thought, that's the perfect image. And so, whoever it was that said that their friends are like they're precious, thank you for that. That's the inspiration there. Um, I, I do believe that anyone can code, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody should code. I don't think that I would make a very good coder. I thought I would at one point, but now I realize that's just not for me. And so, it can't just be about coding. So, Seth Godin also says, as long as we embrace or even accept standardized testing, fear of science, the little attempt at teaching leadership, and most of all, the bureaucratic imperative to turn education into a factory itself, we are in big trouble. My personal belief of what school is for is to teach kids to solve a problem by creating something. Now, these kids create a hovercraft. That's pretty cool, right? It's got a really big vacuum. You can't go very far with it, but that's all right. So we did this at my school. We asked kids to create something that solves a problem. And then we gave them time to do that. I asked them to to solve a problem that makes an impact on the world, and I gave them time to do that. In fact, I gave them an hour and 45 minutes twice a week Now, some of you are feeling a little bit anxious thinking about all that lost instructional time. How can we ever trust them to be able to use that time wisely when they're just little kids? Well, that is a lot of time, and some of that stress and frustration is definitely valid. Tiffany also shared this in her keynote on Saturday night, and we went right over there to free inquiry. We said, solve a problem, and then we left it at that and we let them do their thing. Now, that was pretty scary for a lot of teachers at my school, that was scary for a lot of parents and it still is actually. <laughs> and so, some people are really struggling with that. We talk a lot about the skills and dispositions that kids need to be successful in the 21st century, but today I wanna to talk about the skills and dispositions that we need as adults to, for our students to be successful in the 21st century. And there are these three things. Number one, have patience. Number two, trust the kids. And number three, focus on the process, not the product. So let's talk about having patience. You know what I'd really love right now? I would love if I had a picture here of my student council doing something amazing. They're great kids. But they have not done anything amazing (laughs) yet. In September, I asked them, because I'm their advisor, I said, what is it that is your mission as the student council? What's your goal? What do you need to do? And they said, you know what we need to do? We need to make sure that kids feel loved and accepted and appreciated at school. I said, that's wonderful. How are you going to do that? And they talked and came up with different ideas. And the one thing that they settled on where they would actually make every kid feel special was to recognize them on their birthday. Um, Last weekend or last Friday was February 15th, many months after that first conversation in September. And for the very first time, they recognized kids' birthdays. How could it take that long with an hour and 45 minutes twice a week to recognize kids' birthdays? I don't know, but they need to happen. <laughs> and so I have to have tr- have patience that they're going to get there eventually. And they've learned a whole bunch in between that time. Now, the next thing is we need to show trust to our students. This group here is a group of girls who got together and they wanted to teach kids at the elementary school next door to us how to do cheer and soccer and volleyball. And they made a plan. They talked to the principal at the other school. They figured out a way to get the kids over from that other school and bring them to our school to be able to do this. And it was really, really amazing. I was not ready for that kind of involvement, but I trusted these girls that they would be able to do it successfully. Another area with them where I had to show a lot of trust was when they said they wanted to start having boys on their team. Now middle school boys and middle school girls are very different animals (laughs) and I knew the boys that would apply to be part of their team (laughs) and it was not going to work and I told them and I told the boys and can you believe it they did not listen to me. (laughs) The kids still wanted to hire these boys on their team and so they did that and then just a couple weeks later They realized that that wasn't a good fit. And I said, I counseled you. I said this was a bad idea. You did it anyway, now you have to deal with it. And they sure did. Those girls lovingly and kindly told those boys they weren't a good fit and they kicked them off their team. (laughs) And we had to trust that that would happen. The next piece is we need to focus on the process. Now, this right here is our step team and they are teaching other students at the school next door how to make music with your body. The step team has done a lot of performances and they take an immense amount of attention to be able to be successful. For kids who want to make music with their bodies, an hour and 45 minutes twice a week is a really long time because they want to be moving the entire time. And it's really challenging. And what those kids love and what they're learning is that they can be in control and they can make decisions and they don't care so much about the performances. They don't care so much about the end product. There's a family counselor named Marianne Johnson and she uh, writes in her book on the um, to become a present parent. She writes that kids enjoy the process of something much more than they enjoy the product, the end result. We as adults, we care about grades, we care about the project, we care about all these things that kids just don't care about. They care about the experience and the process of doing it, not so much about the actual end result. So our librarian, Ms. Martin, Made this comment last week she said these kids haven't accomplished much but they sure have learned a lot (laughs) and that's what we see over and over these kids who just are not doing what we would say as adults is to produce an actual product they're not doing a great job at that but they're learning a ton one of my favorite things that a student said was I worked with all these kids and you know what I learned it's really hard to get along with people. (laughs) And they learn that in a safe, supportive environment where they could be successful in their own learning, not based on some metric that we created. That's a really important point. This is the list of all these different things that these kids are doing. And some of these, you know, they make a lot of sense and you can look at them and you can say, yeah, I get that writing a novel, doing anime, but Battle Group Alpha, what in the world is that? That's the fancy name for Bush skill. I'll tell you about that one, not in front of everybody. (laughs) That Battle Group Alpha is kids making a model replica out of wood of a battleship. (laughs) Right? What? But it's amazing and it's wonderful. And what it's giving is it's giving our students an opportunity to shine in an area where they don't typically shine. Now, if you know me, you know that I cannot talk about anything without talking about my daughter. So, I'm going to share a story about my daughter. Um, She has changed how I think about education more than anything else that I've ever done. She's got a lot of challenges, and we've exposed her to sign language. She has Down syndrome, and we've worked with her to help her communicate in other ways. And one of these groups is a sign language group. And so now my daughter, who is at the bottom of her class in every academic area, has an opportunity to be a leader because she knows more sign language than everybody but two other kids in our whole school. And because of that, she's able to take a leadership role and lead other students through how to communicate with sign language that otherwise, she just wouldn't have an opportunity to do. Now, as you look at this list, as I said, some of these are amazing, and some of these are just piles of junk. That's all (laughs) there is to it. However, kids are learning even through this process. And so without the restriction of grades, assignments, a teacher being the one saying what you need to do next, These are all student-driven, student-directed projects. This SOS group, Signs of Suicide, they recognize that one of the underserved populations that deals with suicide is the uh, older population that's living in nursing homes. So they said, we need to reach out to them and remind them that there's a reason to be alive. So they went to a nursing home and they talked with those people and made cards with them and had a great experience in doing that. Now, the reality is, is that we are not always aware of what it is that our kids need to learn. So Clayton Christensen wrote a book called um, How Will You Measure Your Life, I just forgot the title. And in this book, he talked to a, a man and a wife who raised their kids and had great kids and the kids turned out to be really successful. Now they're all old and grown and have their own kids. And he asked Norma, he he said, what is it that you did to teach your kids so well? And she said, I typically have no memory of the events they recall as being important. (laughs) And when I asked them about the times when Jim and I sat them down specifically to share what we thought was important, the kids have no memory of those times. I guess the thing to learn from this is that children will learn when they are ready to learn, not when we are ready to teach them. The way that we ensure that they're still learning is we have patience with them in their learning process, we trust them to do the right thing, and then we focus on the process of learning and not on the result. I wanna thank you all for the opportunity to be here. If this affected you and you appreciate it, if you'd go to my website, transformativeprincipal.org slash impact, my goal is to impact 100 million students in the next 9 years and I'd love to keep track of that with your help. Thank you all very much. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com/BE